Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hello guys and welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring. Stardom, I'm your host Rob Goodwin and I'm joined by Matt Turner. It is a long time since I've said that intro, Matt. Yeah, it is. And and I just want to let you know, Rob, that once this podcast hits 88 miles per hour, you're going (laughs) to see some serious shit. (laughs) Did you have a good time by any chance? I I did, sir. And if you don't know what Rob's talking about, uh, I just came back from New York Comic Con. I've gone something like I'd have to figure it out. I think I went like seven, eight years in a row. And then in 2020, they just canceled it for obvious reasons. And then uh, last year in 21, they had all the new variants that were going around. And in New York City for New York Comic Con, you get people that come from all over the world. So my uh, my crew, the Four Horsemen crew, as we call it, myself, uh, Andy Hedder, uh, my sister Ashley, and her husband Ryan, that's the crew, they all decided not to go. Where this year, uh, my brother-in-law decided to book a trip to Disney World the week before New York City. So it was just me and uh, my tag partner, Andy Hedder, which I then said to my sister, you realize you can go to Disney World anytime you want. Like New York <laughs> Comic Con's only four days, but... You know, hey, I don't argue with people. <laughs> and can I just say that your tag team partner has an outstanding wardrobe? Yeah. Like, He's a piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> I, when you said about, um, like, he likes to dress up, I just assumed, like, you know, cosplaying, so, like, you know, going as Wolverine or something like that. No, no, no. No, no, no. Like, Alexa Bliss, Morticia Adams. The guy went all out. Fair play to him. Elvira. It was, he's a big Elvira fan, and uh, the girl that plays Elvira, she was there. So he went as El- Now, usually, because we go there four days, so usually he's two days dressed up, two days not. But because of two years' absence, he went three years. He went uh, he went three out of the four. He went as Elvira, Alexa Bliss, and then He-Man on the last day. But I'm trying to think. <laughs> I, I, will, uh, but I will go through my phone, and I will send you the pictures there, Mr. Goodwin, of other things that he's done. I know, like She-Hulk, uh, Wonder Woman, Gem um bishop maybe bishop or cable i mean i it's so funny it's just so funny because like i'll get back from the gym 
Cause I always make sure that there's a gym at the hotel we stay at in New York city. And he's like combing his wig and putting his makeup on. And I just like take pictures and I'll start sending some to like my mom or my friends or now that you're in the mix. So you're going to get, you'll get the behind the scenes look as well. So <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I was, I was even texting you that when he went to go, he's a big uh, Brit Baker fan. When he went to go uh, uh, get um, something signed by Brit Breaker, Brit, 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 Brit Baker, easy for me to say, she, she took a picture of him. <laughs> And I was like, did you say anything like you're an independent wrestler? And so you could have used that. You were right there because she's like, oh, my God, can I take a picture of you? And I was like, you should, you know, tell him, hey, my tag partner has sent our stuff in about five or six times. Can you give us a look? It's like nothing. You know, he didn't take advantage of the situation. But, yeah, it's, it, it's a ball. But, boy, I tell you what, it, it's, it's, it's an endurance test. Like, you really got to plan yourself off. You're going to be waiting in line. You're going to be meeting people all over the place. But I always tell people that you New York Comic Con is something, if you're into the geek culture, it's something that everybody should experience at least once because it's, it's, it's such a fun time. Yeah, and the amount of, like, different things that you showed us there. You know, obviously you had the wrestling things with Britt Baker, and uh, I know that um, Diana Perazzo was there, for example. Um, and then you've got the panels with... Um, I mean, would you like to explain who the the people you were most excited to see in the first photo you sent me? Yeah, there was. I'm a huge. We, we don't talk about much on here, um, but uh, obviously, I'm a huge fan of anything comic book, Star Wars, and Back to the Future. So there was a uh, photo op with both Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox. It was very pricey, so I was contemplating it, doing it or not doing it. But then I thought, you know, Christopher Lloyd's in his 80s. Michael J. Fox, God bless him, he's been dealing with Parkinson's for. I don't know, 15, 20 years. And I have friends of mine that have lost their, you know, parents and grandparents, the Parkinson's. So I said, you know, I'm going to pony up the money. I, you know, I worked 19 jobs. I figured, you know, I, it, when am I going to get this opportunity again? So I did get my picture taken with uh, one Marty McFly and uh, Doc Brown. And uh, so that was really fun. I got to meet Oscar Isaacs. Uh, again, I'm a big Star Wars uh, fan. So I had him sign my Star Wars Episode Eight, The Last Jedi poster. And he was, you, you know, you get these brief interactions. You have to understand there's a zillion people in line and it's a business. You're going to be shuffling people in and out of line so you kind of can get that one question in and you kind of just move along so uh he was you know super super nice but i again i've been to this con con you know eight or nine times at this point so it's like i've met everybody from mark hamill to stan lee and then on the comic sides of things you know the late great neil adams uh jim lee a whole bunch of times so it was like a very relaxed on. like there wasn't really too much to do where you had to be at someone at a certain place but my favorite thing that i did and i was very adamant on uh you know teasing you and prodding you and kind of getting you going was my uh stardom x-men uh crossover commissions that i had done by my good friend alex sanchez who uh does all of my t-shirts and uh, not only this but i didn't get a chance to tell you this i was flipping through his art book because he has a table at artist alley because he, he is a professional artist I was flipping through his art book and he had Godzilla fighting this monster that looked like Eddie from Iron Maiden. So I go, I go, Alex, that looks like Eddie from Iron Maiden. He goes, yeah, funny you should say that because my uh, publisher from IDW, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. Uh, <laughs> my publisher from IDW said, hey, do some mock-ups. We're going to do Iron Maiden versus Godzilla. So I came up with a couple of things and then like two days in the drawing, they're like, yeah, we're going to cancel it. Can you imagine an Iron Maiden versus Godzilla comic book? Like, oh. sign me up. Take all my take all my money. <laughs> it's my credit card. Take them all. Yeah, yeah um, take my blood. But yeah, seriously, I mean, if you haven't already seen these um, these crossovers, you need to go and check out Matt's social media because they are something else. They're they're pretty incredible. Um, 
I mean, do you want to go in just uh, quickly go into uh, to who you got? Yeah, I did. I did um, four and there's more coming. I gave him a whole bunch of those blank covers. And I said, when I come up with some more ideas, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you some money and then you can mail them to me. So there's more coming. But we did uh, Suzu Suzuki as X-23. We did um, Sayakamatani as the Phoenix. We Obviously. did uh, we did uh, Julia as Storm, and he took because he had Storm flying, so he had did both the back and front cover, which I thought was awesome. And then I know it's not X Men related, but Mayu Iwatani as Supergirl. So those the four that I got, yeah. And there's gonna be uh, there's gonna be a few more a few more coming in. And if you have not seen them on my social media and you want to see them, just shoot me a message. I got no problem sharing the uh, fantastic artwork from my good buddy Alex Sanchez. Yeah, absolutely. I'm slightly disappointed that uh, you didn't go with some of my ideas. Wolvamina, for example, Azumi Steve. I said there's more coming. Cyclops. There's more coming. Maybe I, and if anybody has, I, I think I left him like seven or eight blank covers. And I said, I got some more ideas coming. So I gave him those. And he said, yeah, you know. Uh, so if anybody has some ideas of what I think I should, you know, to get or you'd like to see, you know, just let me know. I will commission him up. Um, I think I might do a uh, Hazuki. Uh, Psylocke. I think that one might be the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if there's any that you, we'd love to hear what your uh, your superhero and stardom wrestler crossovers are. So let us know on the social media and all that sort of jazz. Um, let's talk. Let's stop just by talking a little bit about the Patreon, Matt. Obviously, um, we had our winners of the five star Grand Prix Patreon competition. Would you like to announce the winner? Yeah, Andrew Watt, he is our winner from the five-star Grand Prix. And uh, what it was, it was four categories. So what you have to do is you have your overall winner. You have to have the blue, which was Julia, the blue block winner, which was Julia, the red star block winner, which was Tam. And then for, uh, for a tiebreaker, the most overall points by uh, someone that did not make the final. Now, I did. I gave everything to... Uh, uh, our good friend and editor-in-chief, Mr. Sean Montrose, and he said, yeah, because I think there were like four people tied at 14 or 15 or whatever it was, but we kind of did some uh, some Sheldon Cooper uh, mathematical equations, and Andrew Watt came out as the winner. And uh, as of two days ago, I sent Andrew a message on uh, our Patreon, and he has not responded. So, Andrew, if you're listening, either respond to either the social or either to uh, the Patreon or to my social media, Matt Turner OF, with your address, um, and I will mail you out your uh, your winning prize. But uh, I guess the fun keeps going, buddy, because now with the other tournament coming, the Goddess of Stardom tournament, well, Sean just put up the brackets, and we're doing the same thing. So uh, it's going to be, again, overall winner, blue block winner, red star block winner, and then for a tiebreaker, the team with the most overall points that did not make the final, and we will be giving away a shirt that's on our website. Um, so, you know, take a look at there's something that you want there. If there's something that you don't want, um, I'll also be doing, if you want one of my shirts, I'll be doing that as well. And we have a uh, variant logo that should be up in about two or three weeks. So um, once that variant logo is published, we will put that up. And um, Rob, you'll do your magic as always to put that up on the website. So, uh, yeah, a lot of exciting things going on, on the Patreon. So that's that. And then also, um, just we just put up the... Um, for the red star, yeah, the red, the red, the red tier and the white tier, uh, Patreon, uh, 2019 goddess of stardom tournament winners, dream shine, their title run. And what I did, Rob, is because I'm a charitable guy and I, I, I love all of our listeners and our Patreon listeners. Not only did I do every single one of their 2019 goddess of stardom run, 
I also did, you know, when you win these tournaments, you get a title match. So at the end, when they beat Bree Priestley and Jamie Hayter, uh, Konami and uh, Jungle Kiona, who were the tag champions at the time, they come out and say, you know, let's let's do this. Let's do this tag match. So I figured I'm going to watch this tag match. So not only did I watch the tag match, but I put that tag match in the review as well. Now, have you seen this tag title match between Dreamshine and the uh, members of Tokyo Cyber Squad? I haven't. It's a match that's eluded me so far. It is. I completely blew me away. It is definitely in my top 10 favorite tag matches in the history of stardom. I gave it four and three fourth stars. When you get a chance, definitely go and watch it because it is absolutely fantastic. So I did that as a bonus. Like I said, one, I want to give uh, everybody their money's worth. Two, you know, I, I love all the listeners that we have on stardom uh, here on the stardom cast. And three, selfishly, I just really wanted to watch a match with Tam, Marissa, Konami, and Jungle Kiona. So, um, that, like I said, that just dropped. Uh, that just dropped this week. And then at the end of the month, we're going to do Momo and Izumi, their 2020 Goddess Tag Run. And I figured, well, if I if I did the tag match, the tag title match on the 2019 one, I'm going to do it with this one. So I believe I. I, I guess here's a cheap plug. I don't have my book, Living the Dream, Stardom's 10th <laughs> Anniversary, in review with me. I always have it with me when we do these podcasts. But I believe that they challenge uh, fellow Queen's Quest stablemates, uh, Sai Kamatani and Yutami Haishista, for the uh, the goddess belts. Do they not? Uh, they do. I believe it was um, late November at Corican. Um Corican New Landscape, I believe this show is called. It's a good match. Very good match. Shocker, right? So that's yeah, who'd have thought? <laughs> so that's that's what we have for the white belt listener, uh, white belt tier. For the red belt tier, we just released just we do that every Monday. We do our uh, weekly watch along. I just did the watch along of Sherry defending the uh, world of stardom championship against our lord and savior, one Mayu Iwatani from World Climax Night Two. I know that that was a match that some people loved, some people just thought it was great. I gave it uh, when we did our review. Back in March, I gave it five stars, and I went back and watched it. And then I think as soon as I got done recording, I texted you immediately, and I'm like, this match is even better than I thought it was. I absolutely love that match. So that was what um, what I re- what was is on the Patreon for last week. And then coming up this Monday for a watch-along, a match that was highly requested will be Hazuki challenging B. Priestley for the World of Stardom uh, title match. So that's all what's coming up on Patreon, past, present, and future. And again, if you want to get in that Goddess of Stardom tournament and you're not sure about if you want to go on to the Patreon or not, you can just subscribe to any tier, whether it's the $1 tier, the $3 tier, the $5 tier, that gets your entry into that tournament and uh, the brackets just need to be filled out by October 22nd. Brilliant stuff. You've been a busy bee, man. And uh, I love the... I love it. (laughs) I love the fact that you made out like it's, uh, you know, you you did it for us when all you wanted to do, you wanted to see more Tam, and we all know that (laughs) as well. You're fooling no one at all. Damn right. (laughs) Um, Just on the subject of Patreon, I just want to thank all of our amazing patrons over at thestardomcast.com forward slash thestardomcast. Joseph Usher, Rob Jones, Niagara Driver, John Owen, Velkage Bracker, Tom, Ed BC, Brandon Neal, Steve Clark, Emerson Stone, Alex Tremaine, Mike, Jeff Baker, Steve Manos, Colin Matthew, Eric Sander, Valdevante Walker, Darren Chat, and Plug Pedro, Andrew Watts. Don't forget to contact us, Andrew. You've won. Uh, Abel Miangos, uh, Douglas Cole, Peter Haas, the Hammerhawk, Steve the Teacher, Trey, Andy Dufresne, Andrew Rugg, um, Andrew Rue, 
Andrew Rue, Andrew Rue, uh, Nathan Yolovich, Sammy, Christian Wilson, Ringside TV, John Bezor, and Dane H. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast, guys. We really, really, really do appreciate it. Um, before we kick into some news then, I just wanted, I hate starting it with a negative, but I just want to have a little bit of a moment. And I know that obviously Stardom is doing incredibly well, and that's amazing. But Stardom World, the inconsistent uploads, something has to be done about it because I've seen some people say it's a it, it's a general lack of care for a Western audience from from Rossi. I've seen as well, but I, I I don't feel that's the case. Rossi's the booker for a start, Bushy Road are the owners, and I know that national expansion was the number one priority heading into 2022. But if they want to be the second biggest company in Japan, something they do feel themselves to be then the turnover simply has to improve because four and five days between the show taking place and an upload, is it's simply not good enough. Now, again, this is not a dig at Sonny because the guy, I'm amazed he has time to sleep. But if that's the case, you want to expand into Western markets, which clearly they do by doing these shows um, in America with New Japan and things like that you're going to have to sort the streaming service out. Because, I mean, Matt, you said before we went on air, like you're wrestling in a show in front of 100 people that's streaming live on Facebook. If they can do it, one of the bigger wrestling companies in the world can do it. And some of these shows haven't got English subtitles, so it, they should be up. If if it's a problem and if one person is overworked, then they need to hire more people because the next step has to be an improved streaming service because it's as we record episode 85 it's the 13th of august and the show from the 10th went up um what was it about three hours ago yeah about three hours you yeah you literally text me as i was starting work and you're like hey here's this show and i was like well <laughs> exactly <laughs> like- know, we, we, can, we can only do so much <laughs> you know we can only do so much yeah so yeah well, i mean what usually ha- and i'm going to give it a public apology to our editor-in-chief mr sean montrose who does a phenomenal job here we usually when we record um we i try to have it have have it have it had to him by wednesday afternoon so this way it can be up first thing on the morning on friday and me and you were texting back and forth like we need to review this uh, artist of stardom championship match. I was like, well, hold on one second. So let me see if I can kind of move some things around. So I text him and as usual, Sean obliged. He's like, no problem. Just let me know when the feed comes over. I'll make some time and, you know, it will get up by, uh, by you know, first thing Friday morning as always. And it's like, you know, we had him on, on hold on waiting for this show to get up. And now we're literally going to have the same thing we would have had it if we were recorded a day earlier. So, yeah, it's just uh, – it's just, it, it, you're right. It's just, it's, I hate to talk negative about anything, especially something I love so much like stardom, but this, the stardom world thing taking three, four, five days, it's just unacceptable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'm not going to flog a dead horse because I do feel this comes around once every, you know, three or four weeks in terms of stardom. Um, and it was the show from the ninth, I apologize, in Nagoya that's just gone up. Um, but, you know, there's still, including yesterday as we record it's the 13th there was three shows in the can and there was no way of watching them it it is incredibly frustrating and hopefully um he says with not a lot of hope that's something that gets sorted in the near future because again if stardom want to become this powerhouse in the wrestling industry then 
that is going to have to some be something that is is sorted. Um, let's head into some news then, Matt. Um, I just want to talk briefly about an interview that Peps Wrestling did with uh, Masha Slamovich. Now, go to their Twitter at Peps Wrestling. It's a really, really good interview. But Wrestle Purists actually gave a few little extracts. And the first one was, if there was anyone I would choose to face for the IWGP women's title, it would have to be Julia. Um, now, first things first, Matt, I don't know how familiar you are with Masha, uh, Masha Slamovich. I think it's Masha. I assume it is. If it's not, someone will correct me. Um, but from the matches I've seen, she is incredibly hard hitting and a match against Julia would be outstanding. Yeah, I'm very familiar with her. I've been on a handful of shows with her as well. Absolute sweetheart of a lady. Once that bell rings, she uh, she really turns it on. Um, and then also she said in a separate part, I definitely intend to return to Japan when it is possible and for as long as possible. I don't know if I'll be able to be there on a full-time basis in the near future, but who knows what the road holds. Now, obviously in her career, she's wrestled for literally every single Joshi company apart from Stardom, Sendai Girls, Rainer, Heat Up, Way. She had a long run in Marvelous in 2020. She's done shots in Ice Ribbon where she was teaming with Tekla and in Diana as well. So she's not exactly unfamiliar with Japan, but obviously you know probably more than me then in that case. Is Masha Slamovich someone you would really like to see on that Stardom roster? Yeah, I would like to see her. I'd like to see her, you know, do some shots here from, from time to time. I mean, the stardom roster just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's like, how much more can you, uh, can you handle? But if she's doing some tours, uh, of Japan, yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to see her in there, you know, with the Julia, uh, with the Sayaida. That would be, you know, a really, really good match. I don't think she's going to be getting, you know, the title matches with like a Saya Kamatani or a Sherry or anything. But when I mean, you throw her in a tag with Julia, I mean, that's going to be an, an absolute, you know, fantastic match. Like her versus Starlight Kid and Momo Watanabe. I mean, those are matches that I, you know, definitely would like to see. Or, you know, her and Mina Shirakawa. Obviously, Mina's striking game where it's been the last six months uh, and her submission game against somebody with Amasha uh, Slamovich. That was, that was a match that would definitely, I would go out of my way to see. And again, I actively apologize if it's Masha and not Masha. I'm sorry. I am terrible at reading names, which hopefully all of you know by now anyway. Um, Something we didn't talk about really last week, and it was because I wasn't actually aware of the extent uh, with which she'd left the company, is uh, Yunagi Sayaka, who uh, announced on a YouTube channel that she's going to be stepping away from stardom for a while and be working in various indie promotions in Japan and even maybe internationally. Um, now, our friend at 1222 Dragon Moon, which is a compulsory follow, um, over on Twitter has posted this, that Yunagi will enter her first Guyan period. Now, I googled the word Guyan because I am a very small-brained person, and apparently it's knowledge. So um, from what I understand, it is almost like an excursion sort of period. Um, and she's going to assess every single organism inside and outside the wrestling world while she remains a Cosmic Angels member. Thus, she will likely miss most, if not all, of the upcoming stardom shows for the time being, including the Tag League. Now, 
Is this something that surprised you, Matt? Obviously, it came out um, uh, around about the same time as the press conference um, when the Tag League teams were announced. Now, I'd somehow missed that um, whilst taking notes for all the stuff that had come out of the press conference. Um, But yes, Yunagi sort of spreading her wings away from stardom. She's done some shows with, um, or she did a show on the 7th of October at Just Tap Out, where she'd be at um, Owie. Um, she's got a show booked in at Corican again for Just Tap Out, I think, on the 4th of November, where she'll be taking on uh, Tomoka Inaba. Um, and then she's doing some other shows sporadically around Japan. Um, what's sort of your feeling on all this? I mean, you can kind of, when she announced it, I wasn't really shocked just because of all the losses that she took uh, during the five-star. I mean, it's somebody that they seem... They were, you know, uh, heck bent on pushing. I mean, she got the, I believe she got the first title shot against Ayakamitani when she won the white belt. So it's like, you know, going into this year, it seemed like somebody they were putting some steam behind. And I knew Nunagi is very capable in the ring. And I know me and you were talking towards the end of the five-star that we had pink Kabuki, you know, either going really far in the tournament or winning the whole thing. And when the brackets are announced, you're like, you know, what's where's Yunagi? And then not too long after that, uh, she's leaving for stardom but i like i don't like the fact that she's leaving stardom but i like the fact that she's going to bet on herself you know she's going to go out into these other different you know japanese wrestling companies and maybe well, we'll see here somewhere over the states um if anybody wants to book you know team blue and gold and unagi or somebody else you know <laughs> the team blue and gold cosmic angels i will do my best to learn the dance uh you know please please let me know matt turner of but I like the fact that she's betting on herself. She's going to be more of a focal point when she goes to these other promotions just because she's almost, for lack of a better term, lost in the shuffle. I mean, it's not only just in Stardom, but in Cosmic Angels, obviously all the money there is behind Tam for obvious reasons. I can go into five different podcasts on that. But uh, <laughs> And then now all of a sudden you throw in, you know, Natsupoy. Obviously, you know, she was someone that was at the top of the card when she was a DDM and she goes over to Cosmic Angels on that, you know, that big split there. And then the big push, and rightfully so, for Mina Shirakawa. So now, now it's like you're looking at Nunagi, who a year ago might have been like the second in command in Cosmic Angels, is like fourth. And then you even throw in like the Waka Saga, even with all the losing that's been going on. It's still a very, very interesting story. So it's like, you know, I, I see where she's like, well, maybe I'm just getting lost in the shuffle. Let me go away and reinvent myself. And then maybe I'll come back six months, eight months, you know, uh, a year, year and a half, you know, what have you. And we'll see where, where, where she'll go. You know, she seems very passionate about pro wrestling, which I love. So I'm excited to see what she's going to do um, in other promotions. And, and I just don't have a lot of time to watch a lot of stuff outside of stardom. But I'm definitely going to keep my eye on what Yunagi's doing, especially the fact that she's working uh, some singles matches that just tap out because there's some really, really good uh, Joshi wrestlers over there. Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, are we, 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 we're both big fans of Nanaba is fantastic. Um, it, it came as a little bit of a surprise to me only because, you know, when she debuted, she was she had the rocket strapped to her from relatively early on. And she improved a lot. That first five star that she was in, she got the surprise win over Tam. She beat Azumi. Some high profile wins. You know, she's had two shots at the white belt. It's not like, you know, you mentioned that she was lost in the shuffle. And perhaps more recently, she was the only one without a without a notable storyline, maybe. Um, but it does surprise me that she's sort of gone, right, well, this is my 
it 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 seemed to me quite spontaneous but you know she is in her 30s you know it's not like she has got you know ages and ages and ages and ages and ages to wait out until someone has something for her so the fact that she is taking it upon herself to go Do you know what i'm going to wrestle outside the company i'm still going to be a part of cosmic angels um but like I say i'm going to bet on myself and i've got a lot of respect for that and hopefully she comes back um because she is incredibly passionate she is entertaining to watch both outside the ring and in the ring so yeah all the best for um yunagi and just speaking of wakasuki armor i don't suppose you saw the tweet the very heartwarming tweet that um waka put out after yunagi announced she was leaving um and then yunagi retweeted it or quote tweeted it and said uh, you're not allowed to win your first match until i'm there to celebrate it with you which i thought was really nice and uh, has probably doomed wakasuki Yama to another 18 months of losses. <laughs> yes, for, another, for another year like, I, I met well my heart was in the right place but you better keep, you better keep taking those l's kid <laughs> and uh, obviously you did mention learning the cosmic angels dance i mean natsupoy has proved that she can learn it quicker than waka so i have no doubt that you and andy Heder would uh would learn it quicker than waka bless her um so obviously because of the inconsistent uploads on Stardom World, we only have the one show to go through today, um, which was the show from Toyama on Saturday, the 8th of October, 2022, from both at Toyama Multipurpose Hall Pearl Room in front of 436 people. Um, this is the third time Stardom have run the venue and it's the largest attendance that the company has ever drawn in Toyama. Um, the last time the company ran the venue was during the 2021 Five Star Grand Prix where the company drew a reported 293 people. So this is an increase of 48.8% in attendance. Now, I don't know about you, Matt, but it looked it looked a lot fuller. I thought it was going to be much more than 436 people. Did that surprise you? Um, yeah, I mean, it looked really full. And I noticed when I do these stuff, when I do uh, this Patreon, when I'm going back to, you know, 18, 19, 17, 18, 19, uh, obviously 2020, there's, you know, nobody there, but like, there's just way more people in the crowd. But yeah, I thought there was, I mean, it looked like there wasn't an empty seat, but maybe that's just what the building, uh, the building sat. Um, so match one was our singles match. Amisuri defeating Ruaka with the Argentine backbreaker in seven minutes and 17 seconds. Now I know when I went on, let's call it my sabbatical, um, you, you're not a negative person by any stretch of the imagination, quite the opposite in fact, but I know that you weren't quite as high on Ruaka as you were on, for example, Hannon, Rina, Momo, Kogo. Now I was wondering, has that changed or do you still not quite see the spark with Ruaka? Yeah, I think again, I don't like to, you know, bear. I'm mean, obviously Ruaka is very young, and she she is getting better. But I think Ruaka is, is 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 dead last. If you were if you were to have me rank everybody and the Stardom roster, the top ten is jumbled. But Ruaka is like dead last. Not unless she's in a tag and has like Momo or Starlight Kid around her. But um, in this singles match, I really wasn't expecting much. But I was surprised, and I thought a lot of her stuff looked really good. I, I, everything she did made sense. So you can kind of see maybe the fact that she was omitted. From this year's uh, five-star Grand Prix, maybe it lit a fire under her. 
And then, uh, you know, outside of doing the occasional tag, she hopefully was back in the dojo training. But I thought another big thing on this one, too, Ami Sori, who's been, you know, she was over double digits in this tournament. Um, Ami Sori gave Ruak a lot in this match. And uh, I thought that uh, these two uh, really worked well together. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think the thing with Ruaka is she's she's good for where she needs to be at the moment. At the moment, she's just a heel, effectively a heel lackey. And she brings something. You look at Momo Kogo, you look at um Miyu Amasaki, for example. Um, they are they are stereotypical babyface. You know, Momo Kogo in particular is very much in the Mayu Iwatani sort of mold. And, you know, with Rina, who is very small, very petite, very... You can see that Ruaka is going to be a bruiser and a powerhouse, and I think that's the perfect spot for her. My only issue with Ruaka is that her moveset didn't seem to be greatly improving or greatly diversifying, whereas the others were. Um, Hanan, as well, in the Mayu Iwatani mold. Here, she began to talk... like adapt her offense to attack Amisori's leg. And I thought, oh my God, that that's yeah, that's great. That's and then she stopped. And I was like, oh <laughs> we were so close. Um and then obviously Amisori dispatched her. She did give Ruwaka a lot and I do think Ruwaka looked good in this match. Um but I do agree with you. I'd like to see just a little bit more improvement from Ruwaka. Um what did you give this match? Uh, I gave it, obviously I give everybody the gentleman three stars. This one, I bumped up to three and a quarter stars. Yeah, I agree with the Ruaka. She needs, and not only that, but I think she'd be so much better if she worked on her strikes. Everybody in stardom seems to be getting better, almost show in, show out with their strikes. And that's Ruaka. I think that's uh, the big hole in their game. But yeah, I gave this one, it was, you know, it, was, it didn't go too long. It was a little over seven minutes, but I gave it three and a quarter star. Yeah, and I think that's really important to state as well that Ruaka is, what, 18? She has got a lot of time to grow and hone and adapt. So I'm not, we're not concerned in any way. It's just we'd like to see something a little bit different, um, which we almost got here. Um, I gave it three stars, um, nothing particularly spectacular. I'm a big fan of Amisori, um, and she did give Ruaka a lot. I thought there was one great moment when Ruaka had to literally power Amisori into the fisherman suplex, which looked good. Uh, but yeah, nothing botched here, looked good, three stars. Um, match two was a tag team match between the Donna Del Mondo team of Mai Himi defeating the Stars team of Kogama and Saya Ida when Micah pinned Saya with the Enker Atoshi in seven minutes and two seconds. Saya Ida heel turn confirmed. She refused to do the dance, Matt. Yeah, she... Uh, <laughs> we, we got back to the Kogama hypnotizing Mike and Himika with the bear dance. And then they bring Saida in, and then Saida does the gorilla dance, and then basically uh, they beat the crap out of her. <laughs> like, I thought that was, you know, hey, I, again, uh, comedy, when it's well-placed, it gets a kick out of me, and I thought this was well-placed in the beginning, and then uh, once everybody got on the same page, shit hit the fan in the best way possible. You have, you have Saida, who throws clotheslines, and maybe the hardest chopper in stardom and then mike and himika just love throwing at least a dozen clotheslines per match so uh yeah fun stuff here but yeah i was like why is kokuma beating up on poor saida <laughs> she then seemed to come round and was like oh my god what am i doing um yeah i thought everyone looked good here um 
one of my, not necessarily complaints, but I know that something we spoke about was Kogama's reliance on the comedy in Five Star. And yeah, it started like that, but then it ramped up um, into a really competitive match. And there was one moment where I really bit massively on the Idabashi on uh, Micah. It was a really, really well done near fall. And one thing I noticed when Micah and Himika are tagging together, they seem to legitimately enjoy tagging together. Like Himika just smiles the entire time. And I think it's it's so sweet to see a team that enjoys tagging together as much as my Himi do. Um, obviously, not a tag league match, but did you see anything here that made you think, yeah, these are 100% winning the tag league? Um, I think just based on the whole Donald Domundo story uh, with Julia winning and uh, yeah, I, I mean, obviously we'll get into it as we get closer to the tag league, but yeah, I still have my Hemi uh, winning the uh, the tag league. And I think you're in the same vote vein as well. So that, te- that means one thing, they will finish with four points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll get two DQ wins against a wet tie and that's it. Um, <laughs> knowing our luck, like obviously, God willing, this doesn't happen, but one of them will get injured or something will happen and oh, they'll be geez, out for the yeah, tournament. Don't say that. Um, don't say that. But yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this match. It was a fun little undercard tag. I gave it three and a half, thought it was great. Yeah, me, same, same here, my friend, three and a half. Uh, match three then and this was a really intriguing match I thoroughly enjoyed this match an eight woman tag team match the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashista Azumi Sayaka Matani and Lady C defeated the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano Mina Shirakawa Natsupoi and Wakasukiyama uh, when Azumi submitted Wakasukiyama with the Numera Uno in 14 minutes and three seconds we got the full outing of Azumi's new gear and we saw that Wakasukiyama has learned more of the moves, but is still extremely wooden. Poor Waka. Outside of the ring. Inside the ring, she's good. I'd rather have her get better in the ring than, especially with these four. You have, I mean, you have Mina, uh, Tam, and Natsupo who just ooze charisma. So they, again, we, we talked about it months before, months ago, where they kind of just put Waka in the back as like a fifth grade play. And then you said, yeah, I was that kid in the fifth grade play that they would hide in the back. <laughs> so many things you say, I don't forget. That's one of them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> two, two things in this match is obviously I'm a big, uh, big supporter of lady C cause she just keeps getting better and better. Mm. But uh, she got a little heat with me when she was doing the Tam pose. It seems like everybody's now <laughs> mocking Tam. And not only that, Rob, did you notice that the uh, the beatdown of Natsupoi continues? Because not only was it everybody in the five-star that beat up on poor Natsupoi, Lady C got into the beat-up as well. So not uh, they must be pushing Lady C because now she gets to mock Tam, and then she was just beating up poor Natsupoi with those chops, and then Natsupoi started making a little bit of a comeback, and then she, she just can't, comes in and just Masahiro Chano's boots the uh, the one half of the yeah it's just like what's going on here is this like a rite of passage like here's what we're gonna do boy we're gonna have you turning on julia we're gonna put the tag belts on you but everybody gets to beat the crap out of you like an inside <laughs> river something's going on everybody from julia to lady c you better watch out it was it's those chops Every time Natsupoi has any sort of sustained chops she cowers and then turns round and then Oh, the the sound 
that Lady C of hitting that chop on the top of Natsupoi's back. It was like Christ alive. And you could just see these enormous handprints all over Natsupoi for the rest of the match, which was which was hilarious. Bless her. Um one thing, and obviously this was the big thing in the match. The spotlight was rightly on Mina Shirakawa, and I'm so glad that she isn't simply being distilled as the boob girl anymore, which was where it was going with a lot of matches, just focusing on that. She's aggressive and she's got, it's almost like she's got this split personality. You know, she's, you know, happy and dancing as she walks in and then she flips a switch and she's almost unhinged. And I love that sort of subtle character change we're getting with Mina now. And also, I don't know if you've noticed, and you probably have, um, but there's suddenly becoming, especially after a match, a subtle wedge being driven between Mina Shirakawa and the rest of Cosmic Angels. At the start of a match, it's all very chummy-chummy. You know, they're all doing the thumb-in-the-air rocket thing. And then as soon as... Definitely when Mina beats Natsupoi at the five-star final, and definitely here, she's left the ring on her own. She's left the ring on her own without... You know, she's led the way, and Cosmic Angels have sort of fallen in behind. And I think... It's really good story time because they could go several different ways with this. And they're almost, you know, taken aback by the aggression with which Mina Shirakawa is going at people. And that was really obvious during a their extended sequence with uh, Sayaka Matani. Yeah, I think with, uh, I mean, there's really not much more you can do with Tam, at least for a little bit. I mean, obviously she's lost to Sherry twice. Uh, she lost to Julie in the final. Uh, I mean, they're not going to put the white belt back on her. So I think you leave her and Natsupoi. I mean, both of them are big stars and a phenomenal tag team. I think what they're going to do is, <clears throat> excuse me, they're going to leave Tam and Natsupoi to do their own tag thing and let them climb the tag. I mean, they main evented, I believe, the last pay-per-view in a tag match. So, so I think what they're doing is they're going to need somebody as like almost a singles wrestler to kind of almost pull the load uh, on Cosmic Angels. And I think Mina right now for uh, you know how uh, how hot she's been, you know, going into the five-star and coming out of the five-star and in this match as well, I think that's just the way to go. And again, I once Tam and Natsupoi uh, lose the belts, which I don't foresee happening, at least for at least five or six months. Again, I could be wrong. I think then maybe you can kind of heat up Tam and Natsupoi on their own singles thing. But as of right now, I think that, uh, yeah, I did notice that and very good pointing out there, uh, sir, on, on uh, that. So I think that's, you know, one of the ways that they may go. And another thing is, yes, is they did a great job focusing not only on Mina versus Sayakamatani in this match, but also Utami and Sayakamatani versus Tam and Nasapoi. The kind of almost now, obviously, we're getting on the third of November, Mina versus Sayakamatani. I mean, that's obviously a big match, but they also seem to be teasing a little bit of Aphrodite versus Tam and Nasapoi. So I'm all here for both those matches. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think they'll both be great. One thing I will say is you look back to Tokyo Super Wars last year and the entire premise of Mina Shirakawa going for Tam Nakano's white belt was, you know, almost Tam being very dismissive of Mina Shirakawa. And now, obviously, having brought Natsupoi into Cosmic Angels, I wonder if they're going to build on that and have Natsupoi's sort of Mina grow in jealousy of the relationship between Tam and Natsupoi. And I, I like, if they do go with that storyline, I like the mirroring of that happening in Cosmic Angels when it happened to Tam in Stars. 
I do think that will be excellent mirroring and excellent storytelling. Obviously, they can't do it at the moment because um, without you, Nagy, and without the Cutler's girls, Cosmic Angels aren't blessed with people. But I think that could be an interesting storyline going um, going forward. Uh, this match, I've really enjoyed that um, aforementioned sequence between Syra Mina, which started slightly ropily. Um, it then accelerated into a brilliant exchange. Mina's strikes have massively, massively improved. And it was nice after seeing quite a couple of submission and limb-based matches that she didn't just default straight to that in this match here, which I thought was great. Um, overall, this was probably my second favourite match on the show. I gave it three and a half. Thought it was really, really fun. Yeah, I agree with you on uh, second favourite match of the show. I liked it a little bit more than you. I gave it three and three fourths. I thought this was excellent by all eight ladies. And it was really good to see Lady C. Again, obviously, she's kind of the low person on the totem pole on this match. That's no offense to her, but when you have three of the best wrestlers in the world and Yutami, Azumi, Saya Kamatani, it's easy to get lost in the shuffle, but I thought they did a great job uh, showcasing her. And she did the double Giant Baba clothesline, not to be confused with the double Great Kali uh, clothesline, as uh, you know, for our listeners that have been listening to us for a long time, Rob thinks that Lady C uh, seals <laughs> her stuff from Giant Kali. I say, no, it's Giant, uh, giant Baba, so... <laughs> There's a reason she's called the Great Car C, my friend. How um, dare you? <laughs> um, I, I honestly do. I do think it needs pointing out that Lady C looked really good here. And I think if she can find that niche of, you know, if she's wrestling someone like a Mayu or someone like um, a Hazuki or someone like, or a Natsupoi who will ragdoll themselves around for her, then she's going to come across like an absolute beast and obviously she works her way through the roster and works her way through the ranks i think that's going to be a really 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 cool dynamic as she goes uh, she goes on in her career um match four was a tag team match the god's eye team of siori and mirai defeated the donna del mondo team of julia and may sakurai with mirai submitting may sakurai with the mirror mare in 12 minutes and 53 seconds i said before that the improvement in may sakurai is one of the best things to come out of the five-star grand prix and i think she looked great again here there was one particular highlight where she slipped out of a submission into her own stf on mirai and it looked flawless i, I like what they're doing with may sakurai they're giving her you know, for lack of a better phrase, a no-nonsense haircut. She's not focused on that. She's not focused on the dancing of Cosmic Angel. She's focused on wrestling, and it's paying dividends for her. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Oh My Julia team, uh, and I was all, a little bit disappointed that they weren't teaming in Tag League. I understand, you know, we talked about it last week. I understand the whole reason why they're, uh, it's, you know, Tekla's coming back. She's teaming with the biggest star in the company, the winner of the five-star so I get that, but I I would, I, and I'm interested to see what the my Sakurai and uh, Lady C are going to do, just because of just the improvement on both those ladies, um, and they're going to be in the ring with you know the best of the best. Obviously, we are one show removed away from the five star Grand Prix, and we already get stardom. Bless them, bless them. We already get a tease of what more than likely is going to main going to be the main event of the big show of the year at the end of December with uh, Shuri and Julia. They didn't give us a lot. But they gave us just enough to say, oh, man, like, I can't wait. Now, gra uh, granted, they did have that uh, championship match back at uh, night one of World Climax. But the, as great as both those ladies were back in March, here we are some six months later, 
and they're better now than they were back then. So it's like we just got that little bit of tease just to get our beak wet a little. And I thought that was great. And, it, they, and they didn't even make us wait. It's like, oh, I figured that uh, Mirai and May Sakurai were going to start out. Like, no, Sherry and Julia was like, nope, we're going to start this out. So I thought that was a really good way to uh, start this match. And then it just seemed like the rest of the match was built around uh, Mirai, which rightfully so. That's the person you kind of want to get over the most in this match. Yeah, and I think, just going back to your point about Julia and Suri, um, I like the fact that this feud is about the title and nothing else. Like, they're still friends, they still respect each other, but it'll be interesting to see if it remains that way as we near Dream Queendom. Now, I fully expect that to be the main event because I can't think of a hotter main event with Julia in the final. I don't think they'll run Tam again. They've done it in the final. They've done it a couple of times for the white belt. I just, I don't see that happening for Dream Queendom. And honestly, Suzu Suzuki is a really hot feud. I don't think that would main event Sumo Hall. Um, So I I do think they'll go with Julia and Suri. Does that sort of telegraph every Suri defense between here and then? Yes. Will it stop it stop them being good matches? No. Will it stop me enjoying the Micah match? No. Um, but yeah, I'll be interested to see if they throw any more wrinkles in or if it will just stay to highly competitive and highly aggressive people going for the title, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, again, I like certain storylines. As long as they're good, I'm good. But my favorite storyline is... We're wrestling. It's it's the whole reason what drew me to Ring of Honor. We're wrestling to see who's better. You know, you get football games or soccer games or baseball games or what have you. And it's not like, well, the pitcher talked bad about the batter's mom. It's like, that's why this, no, it's like you have the best of the best. It's just to see who's better. But, the you know, going back, you touched on Suzu Suzuki. I think Suzu Suzuki is going to be one of Julia's uh, first uh, title uh, title defenses. Main event of pay-per-view. Um, and I think they're running. I think they're running Budokan the day before Wrestle Kingdom. I think on the third, they're running another pay-per-view. So it's like you have Dream Queendom on the 29th, and I'm almost positive on uh, on the third because they're going to have so many people from kind of outside the country coming in for Wrestle Kingdom that I think they're going to run up. They're running a big show at um, at the Yokohama Budokan. So maybe maybe you do Julia's first title defense there. Um, I mean, you're going to have to have a big main event there. So I don't know. But kind of, not to get off the, the, the subject, but... Um, how about Risa Sarah and Suzu Suzuki? They're not in the tag league, uh, Rob. And I wanted to bring that up last week, but uh, did you kind of, you know, were you kind of scratching your head at that? You kind of, I kind of figured they'd be a shoo-in for it, be in the tag league. Um, when you look at the teams that they've managed to get together just from the stardom roster, I'm not massively surprised. Obviously, their their number one priority is prominence, um, and getting the prominence name out there. They've been wrestling a lot. In stardom, obviously, the five-star Grand Prix scheduled this year especially has been incredibly grueling. So, it, you know, it would have been nice to see them as a tag league team, and I think they would have done very well. But ultimately, they're not stardom wrestlers. They are prominent wrestlers. You know, their whole aim is to increase the um, the popularity of um, of prominence. So, yes and no. Yes and no. I'm, I would have been more surprised if the Colors girls weren't in it. Um, but uh, yeah, good points here. Good, good point. Yeah, um, yeah. Overall, I gave this another three and a half. I thought this was really, really good. It gave us just that little tease of Julie versus Suri. I thought May Sakurai hung really, really well in the match with everyone in there. Morale like a killer. Just 
absolutely beheading May Sakurai on several occasions. Um, and I loved it. Yeah, three and a half stars. Yeah, three and three fourths. I'm right there with you, brother. Um, match five and our main event then was the six-woman tag team match, the Uenatai team of Momo Watanabe, Starlight and Saki Kashima, defeating the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, and Momo Kogo, with Momo Watanabe picking up the win over Momo Kogo with the Tequila Sunrise in 15 minutes and 25 seconds. This is the most consistently good I've seen Momo Kogo in a match in a long time, Matt. Yeah, she was fantastic here. And she had a lot of momentum coming out of the five-star. Again, remember, she was a replacement. She replaced Tekla. And um, we we all knew that she was going to eat a whole bunch of L's, and she did, but she looked good in that. And again, it's 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 easy to get lost in the shuffle. You're going up against the artists of stardom champions, you know, two of the best wrestlers in the world on that team with Starlight Kid Momo Watanabe. Oh, and by the way, your tag partners are Hazuki, who was red hot coming out of the five-star. I believe uh, both are MVPs of the five-star and then one of the greatest wrestlers of this of any generation, uh, Mayu Iwatani. So it's like, yeah, it was easy for her to get lost in the shuffle, but they did a good job highlighting her uh, both on the offense and the defense because, uh, yeah, Momo, the two Momos, they got in the ring quite a bit, and uh, you knew who was going to come out on the end of that one, uh, the top, top of that one. Momo, poor, Momo Watanabe, she put the poor beating to one Momo Kogo, did, did she not? She was relentless, and it's one of the big reasons that I'm such a fan of this team that currently holds the Artist of Stardom Championships because they all offer something completely di- something completely different. Like you've got Saki Kashima, who's your flash pin, sort of not necessarily your cowardly heel, but sort of, you know, your high speed, so to speak. You've got Starlight Kid, who's your high flyer, and you've got Momo uh, Watanabe, who's just your bruiser, someone who will kick seven shades out of you but can also wrestle a really, really good match. And it's such a frightening team, that is. Um, I just, I I really like the chemistry that they've got going on. There was two moments where um, their triple, um, like, wheelbarrow codebreaker into a bulldog combination, that looked smooth as, and then they followed that with the triple team leg sweep sit-out powerbomb. I love that finish. I know it looks slightly contrived and probably is a little bit unnecessary, but I love it. As a visual thing, I think it looked great. Hazuki and Momo rekindling that feud, I thought was brilliant. Um, You know, there is heat between these two. Hazuki still has not been able to beat Momo Watanabe, and Momo Watanabe eliminated her from the five-star. So carrying that on is great. We had the continuing rivalry between Mai Wibatani and Starlight Kid. Um, and then we got Momo Kogo, who beat Saki Kashima in the five-star. So there was a little bit of sort of, I need to get my win back from Saki. And there was a lot of momentum, like you mentioned, with Momo Kogo. Overall, though, this match gained an extra quarter of a star from me for Hazuki performing a suicide dive that didn't look like she was going to die. Um, it was possibly the cleanest one she's done since she returned, Matt. Yeah, I mean... This, not only that, but her and Mayu, they did the uh, the stereo ones, which sometimes if you're just a half a second off coming off the other side of the ropes, you're either going to launch or tangle your other opponent up. And uh, and, and Mayu has one of the best suicide dives you'll ever see. So I that was really cool. They did them in stereo. And I like how this match built. Again, you had the quick heat on uh, Momo Kogo in the beginning. She eventually tags out and you get a mini match with uh, Mayu and Starlight Kid. And that was, you know, you had your high speed just looked so smooth, the two of them and what they did. 
and then they tag out to Hazuki and Momo Watanabe, and you get a completely different match. You know what you're going to get. You're not going to get any Hurricanes or Lucha arm drags. You're just going to get the two of them <laughs> just throwing forearms until until one of them drops. So it's like you almost have like three mini matches right in a row just to start out this match. So it was really good psychology, good way to build the build the match, and then you just see the great uh, tag team chemistry that Mayu and uh, Hazuki have where they're kind of, you know, a way tie is they're building the momentum in this match. And then you see Hazuki using the pump kick very much the way that Mayu uses the super kick. And they do them in stereo back to back. And then they do the dives. So I thought that was really good. And then ultimately, uh, poor Momo Kogo gets back in the ring. She gets her stuff in, you know, the 619 DDT, the springboard drop kick, which looks fantastic. But then uh, ultimately it spells doom for her when the Ueda tie team just makes, you know, they're a well-oiled machine. They're the you know, the artist is item champion. So they're able to get the advantage on Momo Kogo hitting some ch- triple team finishers and then uh, hitting the tequila Momo going to the tequila sunrise. But yeah, I had this one four and a quarter stars. Absolutely love this match. Yeah, thought it was great. And it's, it's nice to see the teams again. Obviously, you know, I love the five star and I love the singles matches, but to see the team dynamics again, because I'll be I'll be perfectly honest as I was trying to catch up on the five star, I did miss any non five star matches. So seeing the likes of Lady C, Ruaka, people like that who I haven't seen wrestle in a while has been quite nice. And obviously, like I say, seeing the team dynamics is uh, is quite refreshing. Um, I gave it three and three quarters, easily match of the night. Again, the Uedetai, um chemistry is fantastic and uh, Momo seems to be growing in confidence just like Starlight Kid did when she turned heel Momo and I'm glad she's not just relying on the spanner every single time um, because that was a slight concern that that was what she was just going to go to every single time Um, so that is what we've got in terms of show reviews Um, next episode what we will try and do stardom world depending we've got a lot on next week we're going to try so again emphasis on the word try we're going to try and get show reviews from nagoya um hiroshima and then the show from the 12th in uh totori city we've also got new blood 5 which i believe airs on the 19th of october um hopefully i haven't heard anything to the contrary i assume that is going to be streaming for free on youtube the other four have i can't see why they would change that here so if it streams live on youtube then We'll review it, of course. Um, In terms of the Nagoya show, um, we're not just going to read out results because I'd like to give my opinions on them. I'm sure Matt's the same as well. Um, But I do just want to talk about the Artist of Stardom Championship briefly um, with the Oenetai team going to a 30-minute draw because, you know, Rossi Ogawa, it's got to be a time limit draw, um, against the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Azumi and uh, Sayakamatani. That title defense puts them up to five, which puts them third in the all time rankings. There's only uh, the Cosmic Angels team of Tam, Yunagi, and Mina, and the team of My Himipoi, who've both got seven. Um, also, in terms of days held, they're currently on 138 days, um, which is the ninth longest reign out of 27. So it's a good, healthy reign here from the Oedetai uh, team. Would you like to see them break that seven defenses, Matt? Yeah, just based on the fact um, their their matches are unbelievable. They had two matches this year 
where I was like, that's the best artist side of championship match I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, the match that, you know, their, their, uh, their last, def- obviously I didn't see the 30 minute draw. Uh, I'll probably watch that tonight, but their match where they had with uh, FWC and uh, Han, and I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Excellent. Match, and then, yeah. Uh, yeah, the match where they won the belts, that was, um, uh, one of the best artist matches I've ever seen. And then uh, the match with uh, Micah Himmick and Julia, although it was a tad bit short, that was fantastic as well. So yeah, if they're going to keep putting on bangers like that, especially the three of them, we, we just talked about it a few minutes ago. They work so well together. Yeah, absolutely. You know, keep the, keep the artist belts on them. Again, I'm a huge fan of the Queen's Quest team, especially the trio of Utami, Izumi, and Sayakamatani. I always say they remind me of the four horsemen, where they're the coolest people when they enter the room. You also know someone's about to get your ass kicked. So maybe they run that back somewhere at a pay-per-view and they drop it there, but it doesn't seem like the, that feud between the, those six ladies is over. Also, interestingly, Saki Kashima is currently second in the all-time rankings for those that have hold the, held the artist of stardom belts the most. Um, she's joined second with Mayu Iwatani at five. Io Shirai is the top person with six. I'd love for Saki Kashima to be the one to break that. I'd love to see her just, I feel like she gets overlooked a lot. Um, She's a fantastic wrestler and she's, she's never going to be red belt champ. She's probably never going to be white belt champ. So I think something like that will be a nice accolade for her because like I say, oh, especially over the last like three years, I think the heel turn has really sort of taken onto a whole new level because I wasn't a big fan to start off with. But what she's managed to do, and she is legitimately one of the funniest people on the roster as well. Um, she's just great, and I'd love her to be the one to break the Io Shirai record. I don't know if she will, but we'll wait and see. Um, also, coming up, we are going to be recording, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, our interview with Kevin Kelly ahead of the Stardom and New Japan shows on the 17th of October. If you've got any questions for Kevin, please put them on Twitter, Patreon, Facebook, Discord, ask away, and we will do our best to ask as many questions as is humanly possible. We've already had loads of responses, so thank you. I've got them all in a folder, and we'll make sure that we ask Kevin all of those. Not entirely sure if I'm going to ask him about the Natsupoy or Ace Austin being the best twirler of a baton, but hey, we might do. Who knows? Um, Matt, have you got anything you'd like to finish before we wrap it up? Uh, no, I just want to plug our uh, fantastic sponsor, Puro uh, uh, TV. Head on over to www.puro-tv.com for all your Japanese uh, professional wrestling needs. He's updating that page so frequently, I can't keep up with it. And if you enter the code VISTA, V-I-S-T-A-10, you save yourself 10% off your order. Sounds like a deal to me. Um Anyway, thank you so much for listening, guys. We truly do appreciate it. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We will be eternally grateful if you consider throwing a dollar or so our way on our Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash the Stardom Cast. Matt does an absolutely incredible job over there. It's a wonder when he sleeps. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at, at the Stardom Cast. You can join our Discord. Make sure you check out the website as well, which has got all of the championship histories and how to get into Stardom and all of our podcasts and merch and all of that good stuff. Over at thestardomcast.weebly.com. Uh, you can talk to me 
on Twitter at, at Real Rob Goodwin. And Matt, I'll let you sign us off, buddy. You can find me on the Twitter and or the Instagram, Matt Turner OF. I greatly appreciate everybody's support because just remember, it's not just my podcast, it's our podcast because we're all in this together and everybody's different, everybody's special. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.